All right, welcome back to the latest episode of the So Close Yes So Far pod with Andrew King and Zach McVeigh. We're going to dive into the NBA season a little bit. We're a few weeks in. One major, major trade go down, James Harden to the Brooklyn Nets. Other than that, um, COVID, COVID's hitting these guys, these teams hard. Our Dallas Mavericks are one of the, the few, the many. Um, it's The season's a lot harder when you're not in a bubble. Um, but we've still got some surprise teams, some really good teams that aren't surprising us one bit off to really good starts. And we're just going to kind of dive into that. What are some early takeaways you've got so far, Zach? Yeah, I think you mentioned it. One of the surprise teams is kind of the Mavericks. Luka got to a little bit of a slow start. They got hit hard with COVID. A bunch of their guys have COVID. Um, the the trade they made for Josh Richardson, he hasn't played as much as we'd hoped. Uh, Maxi Kleba has been out. The Mavs were, Luka was the, the heavy favorite for MVP at the beginning, and he still played well. Um, but they're they're seven and seven and five hundred, and I think everybody kind of expected them to take a jump this year. We just haven't seen that yet. And once the team comes back, I hope I hope it happens because we're big time Mavs fans, big time Luca fans. But but we're still waiting on on the on the Mavs as a whole to take that jump, even though Luca has been playing a lot better. Yeah, and, and there was obviously the talk. I mean, because Luca was back home overseas um, before he came back for the season, and pretty much everything where he was was locked down. And so there was obviously the talk of. He might be a little over out of shape because of that. He wasn't able to be in the gym doing everything that a lot of these guys were doing. And it, it really did show. I mean, Luca's kind of, I guess you could kind of compare him to James Harden in terms of like he's, he might not have that, he doesn't have that LeBron body, at least yet. He's only 21 years old. Um, but he definitely has picked his game up. And one big, before they got Porzingis back, he's been back for, I think, three, four games now. Um, they're just, they didn't have the size. And that was a big issue. Um, they got him back. Once they get Porzingis back, about five guys go out with COVID, and that that's just NBA in 2021. Um, and that that problem is not going away. We've got cancellations every night. I think um, I think it might have been Charlotte, Charlotte, or I know it was Memphis. They they announced their next three games last night um, are canceled just because of COVID issues with the team, and that's just kind of what we're having to deal with. And some teams it's hurting, like the Mavericks. They're a team that I a seven and seven start is not optimal, but when you look at the outside circumstances maybe it's not so bad because they've played about half their season with about 70% of their team. And so it's, it's kind of just surviving the hard parts, I think is what we're really seeing with some of these teams right now. Yeah. I think, I think that's, that's true. Just surviving when, because eventually every team is going to have issues with COVID. It's just, we've seen it in all sports. We've seen it in football. We've seen, we saw the MLB there. Um, we didn't see it in the NBA because there's a bubble, but every team is going to have issues. And so I guess you can only hope that you have the issue once and your guys, if they do get COVID, they don't, they don't get it again. And maybe they're immune and, and that, that helps in the long run. And once the playoffs are here, everybody's vaccinated. And, and that, that's, that's the hope is that everybody can just get vaccinated by the time the end season comes and we can have a regular, regular playoff. But I did watch Luca against the Pacers the other night. And in the first four minutes, he had five assists. And I promised that four of them were no look passes. It was so fun to watch because what the Pacers were doing is Luke would get the ball at the top of key or, or at the three-point line and they'd send two guys at him. So that left the the one defender to guard the three-point line and the guy inside. And Luca would just look at the guy outside and throw inside. And the defender would run away where he's looking and the other dude was wide open. And he did that four times before the Pacers finally were like, okay, we, we gotta we gotta quit this. This is not gonna work tonight. And so just just the way the the thing, the little things that he does that is just unguardable and he gets his teammates wide open shots. Um, so keep doing that. And once, once everybody comes back, we'll be okay. Exactly. And it's almost, they, 
I think you're going to see more teams try to take an approach similarly to that in, in terms of the Pacers wanted to make the other Mavs beat them. If, if you can make Luka and Porzingis beat you as little as possible and the Mavs win, I think other teams are going to be okay with that. And that, that's what you saw. But I, I was watching that game too. And it was, they double him and it was just cross court, just <laughs> assist bucket. It was like, oh, that, that strategy is not off to a great start. And they, they really didn't do it too much after that. Um, but yeah, and I guess we'll, after that, we'll kind of get into some teams that really aren't surprising. You look at the, the Western Conference, three teams tied at the top at 11 and four. You've got the no surprises in terms of the Lakers and the Clippers. Um, and then you've got the Utah Jazz. That's a team that, Knocked out pretty early in the bubble last year. Um, Donovan Mitchell had a crazy run, and he's really picked right up um, off of that. Rudy Gobert, um, big contract extension in the offseason. He's playing good. Um, they're really that num- – they're the number three right now. They're they're the challenger early on in the Western Conference. And um, Donovan Mitchell, that that's what it comes down to. That's the NBA in today's age. You go as far as your superstar takes you, and he's he, he had some guys looking bad last night. Yeah, we saw – it's really interesting because we saw Donovan Mitchell in the bubble kind of take that next step and, and lead the Jazz. And he's continued that so far this year. He had, he went six straight from three last night, had like 32 points against the Pelicans, looked really good. Um, and then also in the bubble, we saw guys like Jamal Murray take that next step. And he hasn't really – that hasn't really panned out for him this so far this season. Denver's kind of in the same boat as the Mavs. They're 7-7. Seven and seven. I'm kind of waiting on Jamal Murray to, to be the, the second guy. He hasn't really performed – as well as Donald Mitchell, because in the bubble, they were going back and forth with those 50-point games. And Donald Mitchell has kept it going, and, and Jamal Murray just hasn't so far. So the Jazz have been a, have been a fun surprise and, and fun that they're so good. What did you think about, uh, if you want to tell the backstory about Shaq telling Donald Mitchell that he's, he's, just, he's just not there yet? Oh, yeah. It was what? Explain that a little bit. It was the post-game interview after the Jazz won. They won, right? I didn't watch yeah, most the of the Jazz, game. Jazz yeah. beat the Pelicans last night. Donovan yeah. Mitchell had like 32 points. Yeah, Donovan Mitchell has a crazy night. Had had a couple guys falling down on crossovers. And then after the game, Shaq just has this blunt interview with him. Like, I just want to let you know that I, I, I like your game, but I, I don't think you have what it takes. Blah, blah, blah. blah, blah, blah. And he's like, Donovan Mitchell's like, all right. And you're just sitting there like, what the hell is going on? He's like, I, I think you're a great player, but I just want to, I just want to tell you straight. And it's like, what is going on? It's like, Shaq, that is not it, man. Like, it's just these, it, uh, it's, it was odd. It was very odd. And um, if you watch a lot of NBA basketball, you obviously know how these older NBA stars kind of feel about the player empowerment era we're now in. Um, and I think last night was kind of a, another example of it where it was just kind of weird from, especially from Shaq, you know, Charles is Chuck's Chuck's the, the grumpy old man, but yeah, it was, it was just weird, especially after it's not like Donovan Mitchell shot eight for 30 last night or something, you know. And so, yeah, that was that was kind of weird. But yeah, that was it was just a, a weird time to do that for Shaq. But anyway, so another one of the guys in the bubble that took the next step was kind of Devin Booker. And you saw the Suns kind of pushing, pushing in the West to see if they could make playoffs at the, in the bubble last season. And now they're the number four in the West. They're eight and five. They added Chris Paul. They're playing really well. Um, what do you think about the Suns? Yeah, Devin Booker, um, Mikael Bridges is a guy that I, I watched him early on in the season. And when I watch him, I, al- I almost see a young Kawhi in a way of just uh, Bridges, second or third year out of Villanova, um, your typical small forward and great defender. I remember, I think the Mavs played them opening night. Uh, Suns beat the Mavs and he was on Luka the entire night. Um, he's one of those guys, you point to him, you say, hey, go, go take their best man. And he's just an energizer. You know, he's averaging 15 plus a game as well because um, everyone's going to talk about 
Chris Paul, Devin Booker, you got DeAndre Ayton. Um, if he's healthy, he's producing. Um, but Mikael Bridges is a guy that I think is an unsung hero um, in the Nets or in the Suns' early success this year because um, Chris Paul's not 25 anymore. You know, Devin Booker's great, but you're if if the Nets seriously want to contend in the West, they're going to need more than two guys to step up. Um, and so I think just seeing a guy like Bridges perform well early could be a sign to come. You know, the Nets are the, the Suns. I don't know why I keep saying the Nets. Uh, the Suns are the four seed in the Western Conference right now. It's not going to be easy to stay in that top half, um, but they've done a great start just in terms of making the playoffs. You know, I think if Phoenix makes the playoffs, the Chris Paul trade was a success. You know, I think that's the mindset in Phoenix um, for, for this year, and they're off to a really good start. Yeah, and it, it kind of works well because Chris Paul is still, I think he's fourth NBA in assists. He's averaged about nine a game. So he's still getting it done with the assists. He's just taking less shots because he doesn't need to. He's got one of the best scoring point guards in the league, Devin Booker. And their partnership has worked pretty well. They've got shooters. They have. They also have Jay Crowder, who's always a, a guy that, that he's a good glue guy. Um, DeAndre Ayton is a big guy down low. Their team is their team is set up for success because those they had the, the good pieces and those guys like Bridges and Booker have taken those next steps and become better players. And to go from they really were the laughing stock of the NBA about two years ago. And here they are number four in the West with young guys and a bright future. So good for the Suns. Yeah. That, and the Jay Crowder addition is another one of those moves that that's not going to sell many jerseys, but that's going to win you some games. And that, that Jay Crowder is the definition of one of those guys that you need, that you need to be a part of a winning team, but he's not carrying you, but um, he's another one of those unsung heroes for sure. Um, and yeah, that, that kind of just goes into at least for 2021, I like what the, the Suns have done. I'm not going to say they're, they're, they're set for the future. And a lot of that is because of Chris Paul's age. You know, this, this isn't a long-term um, deal, but if this is a guy that can kind of carry Devin Booker along the right path, it could set them up very well in the future. Right. But besides Chris Paul, everybody else is young. Exactly. So. Exactly. And Chris he's, Paul, he's making a lot of money. And so when his day comes, that's going to free up. Um, Phoenix with a lot of moves, which is why I, I don't hate the move at all, especially because um, they're a team that can actually benefit from someone like Chris Paul. You're not putting Chris Paul with a stubborn superstar who doesn't want to learn. I mean, Devin Booker could turn out to be that, but it's it's worked out so far. Yeah, and who with Devin Booker being a young point guard, who else? I mean, Chris Paul can can guide him and teach him, kind of like you were saying. But also, let's talk about uh, the Golden State Warriors, who I don't want to say people wrote them off, but. When Clay got hurt, I was grown. It was like, ah, another Warriors team like last year. And it has not been anything like last year. Um, they, because Steph, they didn't have Steph last year. And Steph was like, hey, I'm back. I'm here. I'm going to splash these threes. And I'm going to lead this team. What do you think yeah. about the Golden State Warriors? I mean, for the first week and a half of the season, they looked like the Warriors of, 20, of last year. But, and like you said, Steph, Steph is that guy. And he's, He's coming after an MVP this year. He's probably not going to get it because that team just isn't, they aren't as good as even a team like the Suns across the board. Um, but the James Wiseman pick does look good. He's had some growing pains. Um, there's been some videos of Draymond always talking to him. He's almost like the big brother. It's like, hey, you want to you want a big brother in the NBA? I think Draymond's a solid, solid bet. Um, Draymond actually got got thrown, ejected from last night's game. Well, because he was, he was yelling at James Wiseman and he was cursing James Wiseman out and the referee thought that he was yelling at him and they threw him out of the game. After the game, the refs had to apologize to Steve Kerr because the, the old man ref couldn't take the words that Draymond Green was saying to him. 
but he's yelling him at this 20-year-old kid, James Wiseman, who takes it every day in practice. Let's so just go. a little, a little uh, taste. The ref got a little taste of what James Wiseman deals with. But hey, James Wiseman has played really well. And Draymond Green, is he doesn't put up any points or anything, but when he's out there, things are different. They didn't have Draymond the first week and a half of the season, and that definitely matters. Yeah, and I think people – we're not going to give Draymond a, a key trophy for what – the Warriors did on that run with Steph, Clay, Katie, all them. But when, like you just said, when Draymond's out there, the ball movement, just the cohesiveness, the communication, like those are the areas he excels at. And whether you hate Draymond's attitude or not, the basketball flows more when Draymond's on the court because that's just the kind of player he is. You got those those videos of him freaking jumping around, trying to make a guy turn around so he can fire this cross the lane pass to him because that that's just the kind of player he is. Yeah, and, and he's not putting up, 20 30 a night ever um especially now he, maybe not even 15 he might not even get 10 in this day like Draymond does not care but yeah no he's he's that guy um that you want and, and I know James Wiseman I mean you never know Draymond Draymond rubbing someone the wrong way would not shock me but it'll be interesting to see James Wiseman talk about these first couple of years with Draymond in five ten years when he's a likely perennial all-star type player yeah because James Wiseman has the tools he's He's all over Instagram and ESPN highlights, dunking on people and, and jumping over people. So his he 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 he'll be in the top three for rookie of the year, I think for sure. And he was a top three pick. So I think the Warriors made a good decision there with him. Um, but so let's talk about the Lakers a little bit more. I think that the Lakers are almost just unstoppable. Anthony Davis has been balling this whole year. Um, LeBron does what LeBron does. And they're, they're just so good. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it before the season, and they got better. They got younger. They got better with Dennis Schroeder coming in. Um, the one guy who I – with with Montrezl Harrell and, and Marc Gasol, with, with Marc Gasol, that was one, one of the guys I was a little concerned about. Um, but even that that move has, hasn't looked bad. And, but, I mean, part of it is because you've got LeBron, you've got Anthony Davis, you've got your stars. Um, you've got Kyle Kuzma, who came back on a pretty team-friendly deal, but it's also pretty player-friendly for him. And that's kind of how things go when you're on the Los Angeles Lakers and you're winning. Everything just is going right. And that's how it's been so far this season. Um, these They're clicking on all cylinders. And I think um, it was really the same as last year with me. And it's it's if Anthony Davis stays healthy, they're going to be okay. Because over the last, what, two decades now, LeBron has proven he's going to stay healthy 16 out of 17 years, you know, um, but Anthony Davis has had the injury struggles and that was a question coming into LA. It's like, if Anthony Davis stays healthy, they're the best team in basketball. He stayed healthy and they won it all. Um, and we'll get into the Brooklyn trade because I think that's, that's something that can fight against what the Lakers have shown so far, because I completely agree with you. They are the best team in basketball, um, but there's a long season to go ahead. And there's a lot of outside factors that are, kind of affecting the NBA season that we have no idea what the, I guess, ramifications of them could be. Yeah. And so LeBron and AD are the, are the two leading scorers for the Lakers. LeBron's at about 25, AD's about 22 doing their thing. And then the next two guys are Dennis Schroeder averaging 14 and Montrez Harrell also averaging 14. And these are their, their third and fourth leading scorers on a team that won the championship last year and they weren't even there. And so to add these guys, also add Marcus All, who's who's good on the defensive end, hasn't done too much on offense, but but just adding adding a third and fourth best score and keeping the rest of the team 
pretty much not not quite the same, but keeping the most important pieces the same. I mean, they're they're going to be tough. They're going to be tough. Yeah, and speaking of that depth, the the one seed in the Eastern Conference right now, ten and five, is the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, and they're the team with with Doc Rivers. They they made some changes. They can shoot the ball now. That was the big thing coming out of the offseason. They had the Steph Curry trade or the Seth Curry trade with the Dallas Mavericks. Um, but when you look at them, you've got Embiid averaging 26. You've got Tobias Harris with, with 19, Seth Curry averaging 17 a night, Shake Milton 17 a night, Ben Simmons 12 a night, Tyrese Maxey, the rookie, with 11 a night. Yeah, yeah, that big game. But it's like these guys are producing. It's not just one guy. Um, and this is the best team Joel Embiid's had around him his entire life. You know, he's got shooters. He has everything you would have thought Philly would surround him with for the last however long Embiid's been in the league. Um, and you're seeing it. You're seeing it come to fruition. You know, they're playing good ball. Um, I, I want to see a Doc Rivers revenge year. Um, I would love to see him have success because with with what happened now, he Doc Rivers is elite. Um, and that team is elite and they've shown it so far. And the, the Eastern Conference, I'm more excited about it because they're deeper and better than they've really been in the last five, 10 years. Um, but the Sixers have surprised me. And but that depth is a big reason because of it. you get Shake Milton, you get um, Tyrese Maxson, you get Ben Simmons giving you 10, 15 a night on top of Seth Curry, Tobias Harris and Joel Embiid. That's a solid, solid group to start with. Yeah, man, Seth Curry, 17 a night. I did not realize he was up that high that uh, as a mouse fan might be, might be regretting that trade. Just yeah. Hey, but, you know, hey, I mean, he's married to freaking Doc Rivers' daughter, so he's he's freaking he's making everybody happy. You know, I think Seth, Seth yeah, he's having a good time. I think Andrew, Andrew always thinks that the personal relationships really matter. Oh, they do, man. You know, Doc treats him like a son. He probably gets him all the good stuff. You know, he's happy. Yeah, Doc Rivers, Doc Rivers wants wants Seth Curry to be averaging those steps. Like you put Seth and Steph together, then Seth's giving you twenty five. You know, <laughs> you make him happy. That's what it's all about. Um, but yeah, no, they they they've surprised me. Um, but then with with Boston, to me, they're they're the number two challenger um, outside of Brooklyn um, and, and Milwaukee. You know, you want to throw everybody in there. Um, but Boston's had Kimba out so far this season. So they're a team that um, kind of like the Mavs were with Porzingis out to start the year. They, they don't have everybody back. Um, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I'm, I'm really impressed with the with the 76ers, especially because what Brooklyn did last week. I mean, I guess we can get into it like Kyrie Irving or not James Harden, Kyrie Irving, KD, all in Brooklyn together. What are your immediate thoughts of that? I'm, I'm pretty sure we have a little differing of opinions here. Yeah, I don't <laughs> know. That's a, lot of, that's a lot of personality to deal with. You've got Kevin, it feels like Kevin Durant has to be the leader of that team. And is Kevin Durant equipped to be a leader? He wasn't the leader on the Warriors. I guess you could say he was on OKC, but I don't know. I don't think that I think that Kevin Durant wants somebody else to lead and him to score all the points. And so if Kev can Kevin Durant keep these personalities in check, can Steve Nash, a first year head coach, help keep these personalities in check? There's a lot of stuff to deal with. And it does, it does help that Harden and KD have already played together. Um, it does help that KD and Kyrie have kind of uh, been playing together a little bit, but I just, I think that there's no way they won't be good with three of the top 10, 15 players in the league. But can they win it all and beat the Lakers and win the East? I I don't think they can beat the Lakers, especially this first year. Who's gonna Who's gonna defend on this team? And I'm not sure that they can win in the East either. But it's gonna it's so interesting to watch. I I, I they played the Cavs the other night and it was just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, double overtime game. Colin Sexton outdueled all three together, which probably won't happen again all year. 
um, those three guys in, in the crunch time are, are you basically have just give it to whoever the third best defender is on and let them go one-on-one because they're going to beat whoever your third best defender is and then you'll get an open shot but I don't know I think they're going to be so fun to watch really interesting but not not win the title okay that I, I can agree with some of those things because with the trade of for James Harden making anything but making the finals is a complete disaster for year one you know that that's kind of the position they've put themselves in with three of the top 10 players in the league um but that that's what the stakes should be um I don't know I I would think Katie leaving Golden State to go to Brooklyn with Kyrie doesn't make me think he's hiding from leadership you know I, I almost think that's what he wanted but that's almost essentially that's what he has to prove I mean except now it'll be like oh Katie's been on a super team his whole career um which is a whole different argument, but the Steve Nash thing is huge. How does Mike D'Antoni, they have a lot of, they had a lot of unknowns coming into the season. And then you have Kyrie sitting out for a week because he wants to, then you have James Harden coming in. They played, it was just Katie and James Harden for their first three games after the trade. Um, They won all three. They were looking really good. Kyrie comes back close game. Should have won it in overtime. I will say confidently that Colin Sexton played the best 15 minutes of his life. He hit 20 straight points in double overtime against the Nets of Katie Kyrie and James Harden. That was insane. At a certain point, after he hit like four, I was rooting for the Cavs. I was like, screw this, man. Like, I want to see Colin. And he kept hitting them. It was insane. It was, it was, it was pretty crazy. Yeah, that was one of the best games of the season so far. And one thing that I loved uh, watching it is I think it was, it was either at the re- end of regulation or in, in the first overtime. I can't quite remember. <clears throat> but uh, one of the big three would drive and two plays in a row, they kicked it out to Josh Green and Josh Green missed them both. And Josh Green did not touch the Jeff ball. Green. Jeff, Jeff Green. Green. Jeff Green. Sorry. Thank you. Jeff Green did not touch the ball uh, for like another eight or nine minutes. Like, <laughs> they did not give the ball back to him. So if you're on that team, Joe Harris, he'll be making his shots. But the rest of those guys, you better make your shots or else these three guys have no problem keeping the ball to themselves. Oh, yeah. And, and that's. I guess that's a fair rule on, a, on an NBA team. Like you miss shots, you don't get the ball, but even more so when if you're taking a shot, that means Katie, Kyrie, or James Harden get one last shot. These guys, they better be hitting their shots. Um, but kind of staying in the Eastern Conference, another team that um, we, we've talked about a little bit so far today, um, the Indiana Pacers, their team I really like. Um, they're, they're dealing with more injuries than COVID, I guess, right now. Um, and then as well that they, they received Karis LeVert from – from uh, Brooklyn in the James Harden trade. So Karis LeVert goes to Indiana, Victor Oladipo to Houston, Jared Allen to Cleveland, pretty much in that trade. And Karis LeVert was averaging 30 plus a night, nine assists in the five, six games that Katie and Kyrie didn't play so far this year. He showed, he carried them to the playoffs last year. Um, But then the big deal with him now is obviously gets his physical when he goes to Indiana and there's a mass on his kidney, I believe. And so he's not playing right now because they're going to keep doing tests just to make sure it's maybe it's maybe it's benign. Maybe it's nothing just to make sure. Um, and so kind of a scary situation for Karis LeVert right now. Like you never know. This could be something that saves his life, but ends his career could be nothing. Um, and we've seen it happen in all other sports before. Um, but Sabonis, I love Sabonis. Sabonis is underrated because Jokic steals his thunder. I love Jokic, but please go watch. Um, Sabonis, please. He's one of the funnest big men to watch in the game. Um, Lavert kind of steps in for TJ Warren because TJ Warren's out. They've got the Holiday Brothers as well. Um, and then Malcolm Brogdon is giving them 20 plus a night right now. 
And so they've got a really good team. They, they don't have that superstar, though. And in the Eastern Conference, that is, for the first time in a while, filled with superstars. That's the one thing uh, Indiana doesn't have. Yeah, but they, like you said, they have Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon, who are both averaging 22 a night. They just don't really have the name recognition that a bunch of other guys have. Like, who are, who are two guys averaging 20 points or more on the same team that are less no, well-known than Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon? I think that, I mean, I didn't know that Brogdon was averaging 22 a night. I feel like I pay attention to basketball pretty well. I heard, I know Sabonis because you're crazy about him, but like Brogdon averaging 22, like great for Brogdon. He, I know, he, I've always known he's good. He won rookie of the year. He, he was on the Bucks doing well for them, but him giving them 22 a night and then get Levert back, that'd be big time. But just, can you can you think of any any other two guys on the same team that are less respected than Sabonis and Malcolm Brogdon? Because I can't. Definitely not. And the, the kind of the backstory with Malcolm Brogdon is drafted by Milwaukee, rookie of the year. But apparently, um, I've listened to a couple podcasts about and guys have talked about him. And apparently has he had one of the worst medicals almost ever at the combine in terms of maybe he's, I, I don't know exactly, knee, shoulder, whatever. Um, just in terms of his long-term health, they weren't very confident. That's the reason he fell in the draft. And the Bucks doctors weren't very confident in him long-term. So he, he goes to Indiana and, hey, I don't, I don't know what you can say about his long-term health, but right now he is getting it done. And he's also one of the best defenders in the game too. Um, he's a two-way player. He, he moves the ball. There's a reason he was the rookie of the year after going, getting picked in the 20s to Milwaukee. That, that's a huge deal. We, don't, we really never see that in today's NBA. Um, and so, yeah, I, I completely agree with that assessment. And that's part of the reason I like the Pacers so much. They, they kind of, to me, if there's a team that's going to be the Miami Heat in the playoffs of last year, the Indiana Pacers are that team. Um, that If they're healthy, they get playing, they get going together. You get Lavert, you get Sabonis, you get Brogdon playing hot for six weeks, maybe they're in the NBA finals. It'll take a lot. And I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'm not betting on them, but Hey, they, they've got more talent than I think people give them credit for. Yeah, for sure. And we'll, we'll move over to the, to the bucks. Um, they're, they're being solid right now. They're nine and six, third in the East. They're solid, but really just, just watching, watching them. Giannis has not improved his shooting. He might've gotten worse in free throw percentage. They played the Mavs and they won, they beat the Mavs by three, but, Giannis went one for 10 from the free throw line and he will it turn into something like how Shaq was where at the end of games he's a little bit less aggressive because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line people definitely you got to foul Giannis because if he's not if he's not hitting his free throws he's he's almost useless because everything's in the paint and people are playing 10 feet off him at the three-point line and he keeps shooting and he there's always videos of him airballing and and it, you just kind of you kind of expected with Giannis's attitude now, Hardy works that he would have improved his free throw shooting and his, his three point shooting. So it makes me wonder: is it even possible for him to to improve that at this point? You know, he's been working so hard on it. Yeah, and and when you look at Giannis's numbers, I mean, he's averaging twenty seven a game. He's doing everything you'd really expect. But with a guy like Giannis, you kind of have to take a deeper look at the numbers because you know what he's going to give you every night. Um, and he's shooting he's shooting fifty four percent from the field. Not bad at all. He's shooting just over 30% from three. And I think for him, if he can shoot around 30% from three, that's not, that's not the end of the world. Um, but he's already taken 73s this season. He's, he's taken a lot more threes than he did last year. And I think that's a little cause for concern. But then he's shooting 58% from the line. That is terrible. And that's really where that drop off and that, that huge argument comes in. Because Giannis is a guy that can get to the line 15 times a night. And, you know, if he's shooting 60 plus percent, I mean, I've had this conversation about Luka Doncic. It's like, 
if Luca's not shooting 85, 90%, that's a bad sign because he gets the line 10, 12, 15 times a night and you have to cash in on those free ones. Um, and for him to be shooting less than 60% right now is just, it, it's a mental thing. That's really, that, that's free throws, you know? And so, um, like you said, I don't think anyone doubts his work ethic, but it's one of those things where it's inexcusable. There's nothing else about, nothing else you can say. And um, that will come to haunt um, Milwaukee in the playoffs. Because like you said, it, Giannis is a freak of nature because he really doesn't take any shots outside of the paint uh, unless it's a three and he shoots 55% from the field because he can get whatever he wants. But yeah, the free throws have to improve. Um, that team's improved. The Drew Holiday addition, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have seen that one going wrong um, when they made the trade just because the player Drew Holiday is and the way he affects games. Um, Chris Middleton, though, he got off to an insane start um, to the season. He's averaging 22 a game, uh, shooting 44% from three. He's he's playing really freaking good. Um, and he he's a bigger key. He's gotten a lot of hate. He he he's the number one reason why I think people don't believe in Milwaukee. They don't think Giannis has enough around him. And uh Middleton, if he's shooting 44%, man, he's just got to find his inner Clay Thompson and go win a ring. That, that's kind of the mindset for Chris Middleton, I think. Yeah, I think that. A lot of people don't believe in the Bucs this year, and they've kind of been like the perennial favorite the last couple of years with Giannis winning MVP. They've been the number one seed. They've had the best record. Will that give the Bucs a little bit extra that nobody believes in us? we got to go out and prove everybody wrong, um, which is different from the last couple of seasons. Hopefully that helps them. For sure, because this is the first time that, at least since Giannis has hit his 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 skyrocket launch to superstardom in the NBA, that they are they aren't the hunted essentially they are they are the ones that people are doubting um and you put a bigger chip on Giannis's shoulder and the that that locker room shoulder that that can make all the difference um because that is one thing where I've never been I've never been high on the Bucks because they've been the best team in the league the regular season it's like I don't think that's the best team in the league um but if if they're going in as the three seed four seed it's like okay this is a different Milwaukee team they might not be as dominant as they were but that that chip on your shoulder and not being the hunted, I think, can make a huge difference for someone like Giannis. Right. And one thing about them being the best team in the league is to stop Giannis, you basically have to put your body and your well-being on the line. And in the regular season, there's just not that many guys that want to do that for 40 minutes um, to put their body on the line and get in front of that freight train that is Giannis. But in the playoffs, people are people are selling out. And so that's kind of been a, been a big thing. And that's why he does have to shoot a little bit better or, or find a way to to get his points at the free throw line um, when they when they do uh, stop him. And so we'll have to see what happens there. Hopefully over the course of the season, he, he kind of finds his groove a little bit and it won't be a big storyline once the playoffs come. Yeah, and that's another thing with the, with free throws is that refs tend to swallow their whistles in the playoffs. And so those those free throws are even more important because you're not gonna, there's, that's why James Harden and Russell Westbrook fold in the playoffs uh, because they went from 16 free throws a night to eight and the production just isn't there as much because the rest let them play a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't doubt the Bucks, but there's a lot more competition this year. And so it'll be exciting, but we talk about the East, we talk about how deep they are and yeah, it's only been about 14, 15 games, but we've got some surprises in the playoffs right now for the Bucks. Um, six, seven, eight seed is the Atlanta Hawks, the Cleveland Cavaliers and the New York Knicks. That's pretty impressive. The Knicks, um, RJ Barrett uh, averaging about, 17, 20 a night. Um, Julius Randle averaging over 22 a night. Those guys are, they're young. They're playing well. Um, 
we'll see what happens. They beat the they beat the Warriors last night. I didn't know Draymond got ejected till Zach Zach dropped his nugget. Um, but yeah, we'll see with those teams. I don't have any real belief in them uh, to the make Hawks, a play. We talked about the Hawks at the beginning of the season. Okay, the Hawks could be good, but then because I, I think it's more in, more in the East and the West is that you still have the Miami Heat sitting down there, number ten in the West at six and seven right now, and then at number what near, down near the bottom, you've got the Toronto Raptors as well. Um, those are two teams that I think people expect to turn it around, at least to get into the playoffs. Especially um, the Heat. Yeah, especially the Heat. Um, but the Raptors, uh, I don't know, man. They beat the Mavs the other night, but the Heat the Heat definitely are going to get back in. But, hey, there's it looks like there's going to be one or two spots open there at the bottom. And uh, the Hawks were that team we talked about. And give me Trey versus somebody in the first round, please. Just like I want I, – we just need Steph versus somebody in the first round in the West. Like, I want these guys in the playoffs – um, so hopefully that happens, but yeah, good, pretty good start for the, are seven, you, seven seven are, for the Hawks. are you positive? You don't want to see Colin Sexton versus somebody instead of Trey Young versus somebody uh, after his performance against Brooklyn, Colin Sexton or Trey Young. Oh, definitely not Colin Sexton. I don't think. <laughs> but it's interesting though, because there, there, there's been some chatter, um, from Atlanta that some of Trey's teammates aren't, aren't the happiest about his play style so far. And it's like, he has a lot of assists, but he has a whole lot of possessions where it's just dribble, 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 take a shot. Um, and it's hard to have that play style unless you're winning a whole lot. And so we'll see. I mean, but obviously he's still got a long way to grow. Um, Steph Curry was not a finished product in year three. And so year four. And so we'll see what yeah, happens. But yeah, I want to see them get in. The Miami Heat haven't had Jimmy Butler for a lot of the season, which mm-hmm. is a huge piece. And the other thing is we've got the play-in tournament. And so now you've got, instead of just, eight teams making it you've got 10 teams with the chance to get into the playoffs and so that definitely will give maybe the Cavs the Knicks um the magic if they somehow keep it going uh, a chance to to knock off one of these uh more favored teams oh yeah and that that just gives us an extra opportunity to get a glimpse at some of these younger guys because that are on just rightfully so not very good teams and we'll get a chance to see them play a little bit more um, and shoot, maybe we'll get to see LaMelo ball play, Zach. He's off to a good start this year. What's, what's he got? 12 points, six, seven rebounds. Um, he's fun to watch, too. Oh, he's so fun to watch. He's, he's shooting just over 33% from three. So like you said at the beginning, he's that that's what he's got to get better at. But in terms of seeing the floor, making the plays, making the passes, he's got it. He's got it just like Lonzo had it coming into the league, and it's 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 crazy. Bet much better than Lonzo. Oh my goodness. The way the way he moves on the court is so much more fluid than Lonzo. And and I think that he sees he creates more more passes for his players than Lonzo does. Because just the way he, he he seems like he's a little bit quicker. He's got some of the best ball handling. I've seen he's got the ball on a string. And so he throws those one-handed baseball passes. He slings passes in the lane. He creates. So I've been really impressed with Lamelo so far. And the Hornets are kind of fun to watch. They got scary Terry. They've got a uh, the Martin twins, they've got, they're fun to watch. I, I hope this Hornets kind of put it together and get into that, maybe that nine or 10 spot um, and get into the, the playoff uh, seeding round. Oh yeah. Uh, they got some young guys too. Miles Bridges, Sparty guy, and then PJ Washington from Kentucky. They've got a lot of young, young pieces. Devonte Graham as well. Um, who's still starting over LaMelo so, so far this season, but Devonte Graham hasn't had a good start. So we'll see if maybe, maybe LaMelo's in the starting lineup, but yeah, it's interesting. I, when, when you talk about LaMelo and, I guess the confidence on offense compared to Lonzo, I wonder how much of that equates to like Lonzo's shot was still broke when he got in the NBA, you know? Um, and while LaMelo, he's only shooting 33% from three, 
there was that almost lack of confidence at times early on in Lonzo's career that I think you could still even see um, now where just that shot was just not where it needed to be um, going into the season. But hey, I yeah. like LaMelo though. And, but also Anthony Edwards, leading scorer for all rookies this year. And like you said, James Wiseman has been really good as well. And so um, who knows who will be, if one will be a superstar coming out of them, but all the guys at the top of the draft, at least top three, are playing pretty freaking well um, with their new team so far. After an insanely short offseason, too. Yeah, pretty good, pretty good rookie class for sure. So I'm gonna ask you a question here. Who do you think? Give me the top five leading scorers that you think in the league right now. All right, um, we've got some names that that are pretty typical, and we've got a couple names that maybe you wouldn't think think are leading the league so much. Uh, that worries me because I feel like I have them. But I don't, ah, I feel, okay, here we go. I'm not, this isn't order, by the way. I don't know. Okay. okay. Um, first one will obviously be, uh, some know him as a snake, but I know him as the greatest scorer in the planet, Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant is in the top five. He's at number two, Let's averaging go. 31 points a game. <gasps> will, that, will that go down now that he has to share the load with Harden? Oh, oh yeah, I would think so. Um, we'll see. Let's see. Dang. 31. Wow. Yeah. That's good. Um, he's had the double overtime game though. So he got, that's he got true. Him. Okay. Okay. So going off hot, um, Luca, Luca's gotta be up there. Luca is at number 10. He started Whoa. the season. He started the season a little slow. Um, and that that's cost him, but the last, yeah, the last week he's averaged about 29 a game. So Damn. yeah, I know. Last that. Week he's been up. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Um, yeah, he was slow to start the year. Dang. Okay. Um, okay. This dude got off to a hot start, but I know he's now hurt. CJ McCollum. CJ McCollum. He's at number eight. He did actually start. He had been hitting about five threes a game. Yes. The first eight games. He was off to an amazing start. Um, that was my he, wild card. Yeah. I'm he's mad. hurt now, but he's averaging 26 points a game. Hopefully he comes back pretty soon. I think he'll be out about a month. Okay. Okay. Steph. Steph's got to be. Yeah. So yes. Steph, Steph has been leading the Warriors, leading the charge. He's been balling. He's averaging 28. He's number three on the list. So okay. right now, out of the top five, you have Kevin Durant at two, Steph at three. We're looking for one, four, and five. Who's scoring more than 31 right now? How can I not? Okay. Oh, um, I don't – okay. Here, wait. Let me, let me just – okay. It's somebody, it's somebody that will – it definitely makes sense that he's a number one. If you're trying to think of number one, it makes sense. He's a, he's a star on a, on a tough team. A lot of teams want him. Okay, don't say anymore. I feel like I got it. I got it, but I don't okay, have it yet. No, you you gotta you gotta have it here pretty quick. Time's running out. Okay, well give me um I one guy I'm gonna put in my top five, Giannis. Is Giannis in there. I know Giannis isn't leading. Giannis is at number six. He's at no. twenty-seven. God dang it, man. Yon, all right, you're you're flirting all around the top five. You've only, okay. got, you've only got two so far. We gotta Wait, let me open he's my notes. The, the number one more guy I've written down. The number one guy is in the Eastern Conference. He's playing for a team that that's definitely struggling, and they need every point they can get from him. Wait, I'm trying to open my notes because I had five guys written down. He's struggling. Uh, Dang, I already seen them all. Wow, uh, so you're, you're team, in trouble. Struggling team, Zach Levine. Is it Zach him? Levine? Is that number five on the list? What a oh, guess. let's go. That's the oh. one that I thought you definitely wouldn't get. How about Zach, that? 
Zach Levine's averaging 27.4 for the Bulls. Oh, that's um, a big get. I, I'm happy now. All right. Who, who's – so I didn't get four and one. Who's so one? didn't get four and one. I'm going to know what you tell me. Yeah, give me number, another hint. What are you saying? Go give me a hint. Give me a hint. Okay. For number one? Um, four first. Do four first. Do four no, first. Number four you should get. He's – number four is, is a AD? dude. What are you saying? AD? Anthony no, Davis? AD. LeBron? LeBron is at number uh, seven, 16. Okay, who's number four then? Just number four is Dame, Damian Lillard. He's doing. He's I doing should have swapped Dame for CJ, but yeah, that's strong. I know CJ had an insane start to the year. Okay, who's Dame is at twenty eight points per game. Um, the Blazers are are in the playoffs right now, but they got they got to. That makes going. sense. The Blazers are kind of a wild card. We'll see. But Dame is a guy who's going to go up though because CJ's hurt. Um, Zach Collins is hurt. The Blazers are all banged up again, and so. Um, like you said, with KD probably going down at that 31 points a game, I'd expect CJ to start him or uh, Dame, Dame and Steph. Those are guys that wouldn't shock me. Okay, who's number one? Or at least give me a hint. How do I know? I'm giving you number one. It's okay. two, sorry, Andrew, you didn't you did not complete the the challenge. Bradley Beal. Oh my god, at a, at a whopping 35 points per the game. The Wizards are so irrelevant. I didn't even consider. That's why, because like the first guy I thought was Zach Levine when you said struggling team, I was like. Who's who's on a shit? Wow. Yeah. No. He's been going insane though. Yeah. So he's at thirty five points a game. He's a guy that if, I mean, the Wizards might be the worst team in the league without him or with him. Without him, if they trade him, they'll be just a dumpster fire. But they can get they can get quite a load if they trade him for some picks and 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 pieces. Oh yeah, and just for the fact with with Giannis, Giannis being off the shelf essentially is that if there's a guy who's who's going to get traded, if there's a superstar player that's going to end up on a different team this year, Bradley Beal is that guy. He's the Anthony Davis of this season. Or if Giannis hadn't opted in and maybe there was some drama going down and people thought maybe he could get traded this season, that didn't happen. Um, Bradley Beal is that guy that I see it for because the stock is never going to be higher for Washington to sell him than right now when he is averaging just under freaking 40 points a game. Like, just do do the right thing, Washington. Like, Russell Westbrook is washed. You guys are washed. Like, please, do us a favor. Like, don't waste any more of his prime. Um, dang, I'm mad I didn't get that. I should have swapped CJ with Dame. I was trying to pull a fast one with CJ. Yeah, I'm impressed you got Zach Levine. Yeah, no, that's that, I'm, that, that makes up for forgetting Bradley Beal in my head. Okay, dang, that was pretty good. Yeah, solid, solid job. We'll give you three for, three for five, three for five. Okay, but here's one question I have for you, though. We talked about the Western Conference. We talked about the Lakers. If there's one team you see, if you had to pick one team to take down the Lakers um, to get to the finals as of right now, who do you think that team is in the Western Conference? Oh, man. Because the Clippers last season just get, got rid of everyone's confidence, but they're at 11-4. and four. They're playing well. Um, but if I had to pick one team, it would still probably be the Clippers. The Clippers are the only one with the same amount of star power as the Lakers or close to the same amount. But just I have no trust in them after what they did last year where they kind of gave up. You can kind of contribute that to the bubble. But hopefully that gives them kind of kick in the rear and makes them just play so hard uh, for the whole season, maybe once the playoff comes. Because they really were kind of just disrespected last year. Everybody, everybody was laughing at them. Everybody was laughing at playoff P, um, who's actually been pretty good so far this year. And so – I'd have to go with the Clippers. What do you think? Oh, I, I think I agree just because I just don't have enough to, 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 to believe in the jazz yet, I guess. Donovan Mitchell and those guys. Um, but here, here's one thing, though. 
don't just say Paul George is, is being, it's all right, Zach. Do not disrespect the man because this dude's averaging 25 a night. He's shooting 51% from the field, 91% from the line, and 50% from three. Playoff P. Paul George hurt us. He hurt all of us. And I love it, dude. He is mad at everybody. And he deserves it. He deserves to be mad. And so I'm excited to see if, if Paul George throws it back and can build off of the debacle that happened last offseason. Um, I think the Clippers are pretty scary. And you see Montrezl Harrell's gone. There's some guys that are gone. Well, there was no doubt that they were the clear team that handled the bubble worse than everyone else. Part of the reason they had guys coming and going all the time. Um, the locker room, there were, there were issues apparently with Kawhi taking nights off all the time. Um, and I think with with the new coach, with Ty Lue coming in, even though he was on Doc Rivers' staff, um, if that reset was enough to kind of reset the locker room and um, kind of bring that team back together, they, they can definitely challenge the Lakers, um, especially if Paul George is playing like he is right now. But there, there definitely is a lot that has, that has to change from what that team was last season because um, – if you want an example of these guys kind of have to like each other and things like that, the Clippers were the prime example of that. Yeah, and it's kind of the same situation as the Bucks, where everybody was gunning for the Bucks, everybody was gunning for the Clippers last year, and now they're not one of the top storylines. Um, they're 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 still one of the better teams, but I feel like not as many people are talking about them. They're kind of getting written off, even though they do have a really good record. And so, like the Bucks, will that will they respond? Will they respond with the nobody believes in us attitude and kind of come together through that? Because that is that is a way to get get people together is when nobody believes in you, uh, guys can band together in that way. Exactly, and they're not in the bubble anymore. Which guys that who all live in LA, they're probably pretty happy now. They're a lot happier than they were, I bet. Um, and yeah, that's one thing. I mean, Paul George has openly talked about that he, I mean he, he he had an awful game. He'd walk back to his hotel room and he'd look at his phone and it was just the whole world shitting on him it's like that that seems pretty hard to me you know but that that's life as an NBA player and so um but just the human aspect of it um seeing him play well is always fun to watch but yeah I think I'd have the Clippers as well um right now gun to your head Eastern Conference champion if you had to pick right now who you got oh my goodness uh Nets Nets is mine just because I'm going it's Celtics not even, not even I'm going Celtics Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum took another step they're both averaging 25 points per game they're both young they haven't even gotten Kimba yet um, they play tough defense. They've got Brad Stevens as a coach. They, this is the year where it all comes together. Um, if they can all stay healthy, they can. They know how to play together now. Uh, Marcus Smart, they, they're a team that with, with Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, they're a team that can guard Brooklyn maybe better than anybody else in the East, plus the offensive firepower they have. Give me, give me the Celtics because Brooklyn won't be able to figure out the personalities in time for this year. Okay, that's fair. And I will say that you got to think that, I mean, now, because was, was last year Kimba's first year in Boston? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, because the rest of that team has been there. Like, you've got to think the cohesiveness is there. And I, I wouldn't say the window is closing for Boston, but it's kind of at a point where it's like, all right, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum have gotten better and better and better. It's like, when do they break through? Because, they, I mean, they haven't even been to a finals yet, you know. And so, um, I'm, I'm not, I wouldn't say Brad Stevens is on the hot seat, but the clock's ticking for a lot of these teams in the West or East. But that's why my pick is the Brooklyn Nets. Because Katie is the best player in the world, and he's reminding all of you. So that's all I got to say. Yeah, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. see. We've got, we got I, a long way to go. We've got dude, a long a way Lakers, to go. Nets. Oh, all I got to say is I put in a plus 600 Nets futures bet before the season started. So, so Andrew, 
He's biased. And well, now, now that those odds are at plus 250. So I'm not biased. I'm just smart, you know, because <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. But yeah, we'll it'll, we'll it'll be fun to watch. Um, they're 0-1 though with all three of their big three. That is going to be fun to watch. I just think, because I don't think I touched on it um, when you had your grievances about the Nets, is that these guys just want to hoop. They want to hoop, and they want to hoop with hoopers and have fun, and that's all they need. They don't need anything else. Kyrie's a wild card because Kyrie's just a little – he's a little interesting boy, but, hey, James Harden and Katie, they literally just want to hoop, man, and they're about to have so much fun, and I'm about to have so much fun. Um, but, yeah, the NBA season – is just getting going, man, but it's going to be exciting. Um, we'll do this again. I'll ask you in like three weeks, I'll ask you the five leading scores. So don't, don't be looking. Don't be All looking. Right. Okay. Bet. All okay, right. Cool. Sounds good. Heck yeah. Um, that's about it for this episode of the so close yet so far pod. Hope you enjoyed jumping into the NBA season with us. Uh, we'll be back more next week with some Super Bowl previews and lots more. Um, we'll probably even have some special guests on joining us as well. So thank you so much for joining me, Zach. Thank you everyone for listening. Um, take it easy.